Welcome to the PG Daily. This season is dedicated to financially empowering the residents of Prince George's County. Join our host, Heath Carelock, as he sits down with several financial experts to discuss ways for you to find money, make money, and better understand money. Get ready to be empowered. Today's guest is Walter Simmons. Here with Walter Simmons now, and Walter and I actually met uh, at the Prince George's Community College Teaching and Learning and Student Success briefing, where he presented a data-thick presentation on the connections of community college education, higher ed, and workforce development outcomes, job pairing and matching with skill sets in the community. Uh, Walter and I have also worked together for the Prince George's County Hispanic and Latino Heritage Month celebration where Walter had me as a panelist and we discussed the different opportunities out of the Financial Empowerment Center at Prince George's Community College. And then we went to a conference uh, that Walter was definitely a big player at major influence in the Maryland Workforce Association annual conference and really learned about all the national initiatives that are sort of piecemealed by the state that that provide enrichment to the citizens. Uh, one of the things that, that struck me in terms of the data, Walter, uh, recently was an ALICE report. Now, it was taken out of 2016 information, but it revealed that 43% of Prince George's County adults are at or below or just above the poverty line. That's almost half of Prince George's County adult citizens. And what does that mean? What does that do? What are the implications for the future of business with numbers like that? And, you know, the power in numbers is the power of knowledge that people don't realize. A lot of people uh, go around the county and they ask about, you know, we hear it all the time. We want to Trader Joe's. We want to Whole Foods. We want a Cheesecake Factory because our, our household income is 82000 uh, and that's true. The household income, the average household income is eighty-two thousand. But there's also in, in you know, a mean, median, and mode, and the range. And people don't realize that there's a large percentage in the richest Black or African American county in America of people that are making a substantial amount of money. But what's happened is that is a smaller group of people than the forty-three percent that are living below poverty and those that are living right at poverty and then those that who we call the working poor, that's over, you know, 60% or right at 60% of Prince George's County. And so people don't know that statistic. And that's what we talk about. But what that means is that uh, if you look at the Brookings, the Brookings did a report on this, if you look at the world of work and it shows you who people are, what they're working. And here, this is the evolution, I think, of what we saw of a, of a DC where as DC grew and became more expensive, a lot of those residents moved into Prince George's County. Some were extremely affluent and took it to the next level to make Prince George's County what it is. But a lot, the majority of people moved here because they couldn't afford the district. A majority of those people came out of the poverty stricken and the, the drug epidemic, 
uh, late 70s and 80s to find a better life here. But they're still in 2020 and uh, beyond growing that ladder. They're, they're, if they were making what they made here in the district, they'd be poor, extremely in poverty. Some people, you'd be homeless. You can't afford to live there anymore. But in Prince George's County, where the cost of living is less, they bump up a little bit, but they're still not growing. And we're really at a paradigm shift where business is now moving in to the county at a much higher rate than ever seen before because it's the right element. We're growing and peaking at the right time. Our our current property values and the, the cost of living is lowered in the surrounding region. And now this business is growing in and these businesses are now seeing the opportunity to grow and make money in Prince George's County. And Prince George's County is becoming this hub. We're exceeding Montgomery County in job growth. But as you see, some of the jobs are lower paying. There's a, a common... Uh, misconception that I think that there's not any talent here. And I think this is what we need to shift. And having that actual data allows us to acknowledge it. A lot of people run from the data, but we can acknowledge it and begin to provide solutions and strategies to make improvements. And I think that's what we have to look at is, is what I kind of preach about is changing our economic development strategy from a um, a place-based economic development strategy where we're offering cheap land and tax credits to a talent-driven economic development strategy which attracts businesses, but it also improves the community services, our educational system, and the overall quality of life of our residents. So you also host your own podcast, and what have you been surprised to find out from your podcast, whether it's a guest, whether it's in the research you're doing? What has really moved you over the last few weeks with that podcast? So definitely shout out to Employ Prince George's and the Workforce Wire, our podcast. Check it out. And uh, Arian Tyler, who runs that for us. The biggest thing that we learn from the Workforce Wire is how much of the lack of knowledge there is about job search and the world of work from people who are in, in currently employed. There's so many people who don't use LinkedIn never use LinkedIn. There's so many people who don't understand that the large majority of high paying jobs aren't posted online and they don't understand transferable skills to propel them into a new career. And that's what's really, I think is what people miss. How many tens of thousands of people are working right now, but they lack job search and career readiness, not job readiness, career readiness skills. But to the average person, you would think they're ready to go. They're making 60K, but a lot of them can't figure out how to propel from 65,000 to 95,000 to 150,000. What is the most valuable skill students and young adults need to develop to become successful? Communication. Why is that? Communication is the greatest skill, written and verbal. Uh, those skill sets, how to use workplace communication. And it's because in every job, every workplace, you have to communicate with someone or somebody. And the ability to communicate will determine your success. We we commonly talk about at Employee Prince as a communication pendulum. The communication pendulum really talks about what is the level of communication from a frontline service perspective and what is the communication from an executive level and going up and down that communication of pendulum you can have the same presentation that you would communicate six different ways depending on who you're communicating it to and a lot of people don't understand 
who they're talking to and what to say, even if it's the same topic. And that's what's hurting a lot of those. You you have to get experience, take internships, take internships to communicate and be in an executive level, but also learn how to work at the data lay level. If you're doing, if you're working in your cafeteria, you're working in your bookstore, you're interning at somewhere on campus, you got to be able to communicate at all levels and communicate with a different variety of people to be successful. Uh, because at the end of the day, everybody has a high school diploma. Tons of people have degrees. Tons of people have graduate degrees. And the world of work is like dating. I tell people all the time it's like online dating mm -hmm. where that brief couple of minutes you have will determine your success. And either like like on a dating app, either they're going to swipe left or they're going to swipe right. And you don't have a lot of time for people to make that determination. So one of the fine resources that I've seen over the last year and a half or so has been a book called How to Find a Job Without Ever Applying. Have you happened to come across that resource? Or I don't, I'm not sure about the author, but I did pick the book up and I did go through it. And it has great ideas. There's also a book out of the... Uh, I believe early 2000s called The Wow Factor. Mm. Have you gotten a chance? I've heard of The Wow Factor. I haven't heard of that book. But I'm going to tell you, I agree in principle that. I tell people all the time, I'm a young professional. I've had been blessed to see some success early on in my career at a large rate. But I tell people right now, the last time I blindly applied to a job, well, actually, I probably have never blindly applied to a job in my professional career. So you know something going in. You've done some type of Google search or you've talked to a worker on the inside. No, no, no. Or... What I mean when I say I've never blindly applied, mm -hmm. I say a blind applies when you see a job on Indeed and you apply and they call you. In my career, I've always been approached through some kind of conversation, some kind of communication that says, hey, we have a job opportunity. I want you to apply for it. As soon as you apply, here's my email and I will move you through the online process. Yeah, that's another level of commitment to you as the applicant. Yep. And how do you suggest to college students after they graduate, whether they graduate from a two-year or a four-year or even a graduate program, how do you suggest they become competitive in this job market, even with low unemployment? Two things. There's a book out there. I'm going to match your book with a book. Crucial Conversations. Crucial Conversations is a, a huge book that I think everybody should read. And it basically teaches how to, has how to win every conversation. I know you're an athlete. I'm an athlete uh, at the collegiate level. Uh, it's It teaches you how to never lose in any environment, how to mentally prepare to win a conversation for your outcome. So I'm going to match you with that. But two, social media. Mm. Social media, when used appropriately, is the best tool. I tell I have friends right now that I joke with them and say, you're a manufactured friend. And they go, what do you mean? I said, it's because of LinkedIn. I tell people all the time, when you're applying for a job or you're looking for a career, you have LinkedIn can strategically help you get into somebody's brain and make them want to hire you. I, I've strategically, throughout my career, found people that I wanted to connect with and I basically identified them. A friend requested them. I saw what they were posting. I liked it or I shared it, which linked me into their timeline because sometimes you can't interact with people on LinkedIn unless you're connected. But you can go in and share the same resources they share and then they might friend request you. Then you find the different things that they're posting. You post something similar. Then you tag a minute or you start a conversation and 
You start that process when you apply for the job. By the time you actually get into the company and that resume comes across their desk and they go, oh, I know this person from somewhere. Oh, I love their resume. Or, oh, they speak to a lot of thing language. What they don't realize is the only reason why they know you is because you want them to know you. The, we, the reason why your resume speaks to something they like is because you got that off their LinkedIn. But we're not teach, and that's a part of that communication a lot of people don't realize indirect communication where you can indirectly communicate directly with someone through LinkedIn. So that skill set and the greatest tool is, again, the greatest tool of communication, but the methodology that you're used to communicate, such as a LinkedIn. I tell every single college student, every single high school student that I know to get on LinkedIn and start building that profile, start learning how to engage in the techniques to communicate. And where you can, I think you're, there's five connections from anybody that you want to meet with. You just have to find who that is and figure out how to get them to connect with you. In terms of business future in Prince George's County, there's an argument. I know that in February, the Financial Empowerment Center led with a partner, the Artistic Empowerment Centers, um, led a program in which the feedback from over 40 community members, one individual said, we need a change our kids' minds from applying for jobs and becoming job to, to becoming job creators. How do you feel about that bridge? When should a person logically make that leap to go from job applicant to job creator? And what does that look like? I think we have to be careful. I, I, I endorse an entrepreneurship spirit. I've been an entrepreneur myself. Uh, but I don't think that we need to say everybody's going to be in business. The truth is most businesses fail. Uh, and the largest employer in the country is the government. Uh, so I think we have to be reality. But I think that the the world of work is that you need a skill set. I think once you have that skill set, you have to do your research and determine your market. If the At the point when you want to transition from an employee to an employer is when you know as an entrepreneur that you've created a product in a market that has not been capitalized on. Secondly, once you develop that product and you've researched your market, that you are financially available to not make a single penny off that product and still pay all of your bills for one year. I think when when you are sure that your product, when you can't see your product anywhere else in the market, when you know that that product, the price that you can sustain a living and still be attractive to everybody to purchase, and then when you, even after you know you have a surefire product, right? When you are, are sure that you have the greatest product ever, that you have enough money saved up, that just in case you're wrong, you can pay your bills for one year. At that point, you're, I believe that you can comfortably be ready to be a full-time entrepreneur. But there's so many employers that come to me at Employer Prince George's and six months, four months, or nine months later, they're coming back as job seekers because they didn't do that market research. They didn't sell as fast as they thought. And then they didn't have enough money saved up to pay their bills that they email me again and now they're looking for a job. So what are most people... And you've had great exposure to the job market forces and that you get to have these conversations with business owners and those who go out of business, as you've alluded to. So 
What are most Prince Georgians who go into business actually doing? Is it consultancy? Is it making widgets? Is it what is it that Prince Georgians typically, when they go into business for themselves, what what are they going into business doing? Most of it's professional services. Uh, and what, the, the is most, that the right way to go based on how you read other parts of the country? Like, is there is there a higher level of entrepreneurship or consultancy or professional services uh, or a greater variety that you wish to see in this county? Well, and, and to be honest, for those who are listening that are are looking up the actual the industry analysis code is professional, scientific, or technical services, uh, f- to give you an idea. And we are unlike any other region in this country because our region is home to the United States government and the home of there. And the reason why we have so many entrepreneurs is because there's so many contracting opportunities for professional, scientific, and technical services. And and Prince George's County is very unique, being that they were primarily a minority-driven county with a large amount of minority businesses, and the U.S. government has a mandate to give contracts to a certain percentage of minority or small or disadvantaged businesses. We have the largest amount of veterans. We have one of the largest concentrations of minorities. We have the largest concentration of minority-owned businesses. It creates a perfect environment. In the state of Maryland. In the state of Maryland, okay. yes. To any, even in, in, in the country of, a, of, of the percentage of people who are minorities and the percentage of minority-owned business in the country. With us being that close to the government, that's what breeds that entrepreneurship opportunity because it's right here in our face. And what's and it, that number? Is it twenty billion? I heard recently in terms of uh, federal government contracts. Yeah, I would say it's close to, to that. Yeah, there's billions. Now that's a year. Yeah, and there's and you got to think, it, it, there's so many opportunities from eight A, from small business development to uh, and and even and it, it, it's cross even across industry though. A lot of people don't realize, even in education, there's a loss. You have to look at every industry and then the micro industries inside of that. So it might be, you might be in engineering or it might be in cyber, but then cyber people might need needs for accountants and they might need need for education and professional development. And so that's why there's so many opportunities. But what people don't tell you is you have to have the right certifications. You have to be in compliance with all the rules and regulations. And that's why I say you have to do your market research. You also have to make sure whatever your 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 codes are for your businesses and even what's the name of your business. Because if you go from A to Z, a lot of times people say, oh, well, well my last name, my last name is Ventura. And you say, I'm going to do Ventura LLC. But you don't realize you're V. You're at the end of the alphabet. People to people to find your business, they're gonna have to scroll through all the A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And that's why you see a lot of triple A this and triple A that and triple A this or quadruple A is because they know all these A's are the first people and and people are are are, are, are characters of habit, right? Is that if you're the, the procurement person and you got a book of sixteen thousand providers mm-hmm. that are alphabetically in order, what's the likelihood unless they know Mr. Ventura Right. Even if you say uh, my last name of Simmons, they have to go through half of the alphabet before they get to my business if it's in my last name. And so that's why you have to and see those are the things I think is key in that market research that when people are out here selling the dream, they're not selling the strategy and the idea. This podcast was recorded at Prince George's Community Radio, located on the campus of Prince George's Community College. 
The music for the podcast has been provided by David Smalls, and the PG Daily is executively produced by David Smalls. Join us next time for more financial empowerment.